0: Welcome to the Construction User 2.0 from the Association of Union Constructors. In this podcast, we explore the latest labor trends, industry insights, and important issues in the world of construction. Join us for conversations with industry leaders, subject matter experts, and innovative visionaries as we discuss how we are building the world of tomorrow. Today is something special. We're gonna be talking to Junaid Ahmed. He has a career spanning over a decade in video production and tech solutions. Junaid epitomizes in-depth knowledge and hands-on experience. His computer science and engineering background has infused him with the analytical mindset required to break down complex challenges into actionable solutions, a skill he generously shares with his audience and community. He has revolutionized how entrepreneurs, influencers, and creators think about their workspace. Please join me in welcoming Junaid Ahmed. Junaid, thank you so much for coming on and uh, and talking to us today a little bit about AI. Absolutely,
1: Kirk. Um, it's a passion, Ryan. And in fact, I've published at least three books using AI to help me format it. And in fact, I've uh, used it for several projects of mine working for the health... There's a health organization. I Can't remember the name of it, but so I've worked like I've used it in user UX design area. I've used it for creative. I used it to teach high school students entrepreneurship. Like I've used it in any thing that you can imagine. Because I I think of AI as a expert on demand, right? Just like you can come to me and I'm like, hey, Junaid, help me build a studio. What do I need to do? So I'm an expert on demand access so ai is similar to that but in many many different realms i like that
0: so before we dive deep i always try to keep these as fun and light and conversational so my first question is always this what is the last song to get stuck in your head what is the last song mm-hmm. that you just had just kind
1: of stuck there you know that's a really good question i think uh closing time by semi last song
0: by semi-sonic, semisonic from like '99. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. The,
1: the reason for that is because we, me, me and my neighbor, we have a playlist that we jam together on this music. Okay. So that's one of the songs that we sing, to, you know, sing together.
0: It's a good song. Yeah, you know, like the second you said it, like uh, you now it will be stuck in my head now because uh, <laughs> that's my era. That was that was high school. Anyway. That's right. That's right. Okay. So there are a lot of people, and until moderately recently, I was very much one of them. There are a lot of people that AI is is kind of scary. You open up ChatGPT and you're like, what do I do now? Or how am I supposed to use it? And now yeah. our email ad says, do you want to rewrite this? with?" Walk me through what it is and why we are not supposed to be. There's Demystify it a little bit.
1: All right. So, so the funny thing is we've been using AI without knowing for the past 20 years. Anytime we search Google for something, it's using some kind of AI to go find the information on the entire web, right? So Google built an algorithm that finds the most closest thing that's going to match based on your search term and keywords. Now those, those might be big words, but basically anytime, anytime you ask it, it's going to give you a result of data. Now, over the years, before OpenAI even came out, Google has some really amazing engineers and they're like, Hey, what if we could create a large language model that can Kind of give you an answer because we've accumulated so much data from the internet it'll just give you an answer so these eight engineers went to work they created this open ai and it basically sat on the shelf for a few years because google is a huge company they weren't able to they're like you know what screw this we're going <laughs> to launch it on, 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 on our own so let they left the company and they started open ai as an open source uh, ai collaborative and they launched open ai in 2015. so that's a little bit of history of what OpenAI. Now know the reason it's so much more accessible now is because now ChatGPT uh, 3.0 came out in November of 2022. It was now more conversational. It was smarter. Have you ever tried talking to a one-year-old or a two-year-old? Yes. They just, you know, they just, they know what you're saying, but they can't really response back, but a three-year-old. Can answer your questions pretty confidently. So now, OpenAI it is getting smarter over the time. Now we're we're looking at Open ChatGPT four four yeah, 4. O, yeah we're right? on four yeah we're on four now. Just uh, just recently I, I was checking, and they have now enterprise version where you can collaborate with your peeps inside ChatGPT. I'm like wow, this is next level. Yeah, and then the ability to, for you to create your own ChatGPT Chat GPT engine is even more. Amazing because now what's happening is, for example, so, right. So what's, what this means is for any specific industry, we have specific language. We have specific lingo that we use. And for example, if you talk to computer engineers, they have a specific lingo that they communicate with each other. Sure. If you talk to restaurants, or servers or chefs, they have a specific language that they speak with. They the same thing in the construction space. You have a specific language that you use. Well, it's actually to that exact end a few years ago. So we have this thing every year
0: called Startup Battle. Uh, Our listeners know that. I don't believe that you do, but we have this thing called Startup Battle. And one of our first winners of Startup Battle was a company called Document Crunch. And it was started by a bunch of lawyers using a large language model to scan through CBAs and PLAs, project labor agreements and and, uh, collective bargaining agreements to find Red flags, similar language, like, hey, this contract doesn't compare as well to this contract. And so we've been, we've been working with Document Crunch for a few years now, and they nice. are, they're rolling out exactly like you just said. It just, yeah. it scrapes all these CBAs and PLAs and tries to to compare
1: the language. So ex- exactly what you just said. No, that's that's really powerful, and that's really good to know because that capability has been there from the beginning. Right? So not not the beginning. But since I think GPT four came out, they had the transactional or um, analytical models built in. So now because chat GPT is so I mean, there's 180 million people using it on a daily basis, because it's getting more and more smarter, they're able to now integrate more features, and make it available for every single person. So being able to build a platform, in fact, uh, Jarvis and um, some other platforms have been using OpenAI since uh, the early days. Grammarly has been using OpenAI since yeah. 2018. Right. So,
0: so I don't want to I don't want to get us caught into a totally. Yes. Tr- I don't want to go way off the rails here, but this question right. might. Thank so you. I might have to reel us back after asking a question that's going to send us off anyway. Good. And that's this. So you know. You hear people talking about like, oh, you know, OpenAI—they're getting sued by the New York Times, which is true—and they're getting signed, sued by all these people, and they're going to sue them into oblivion. The AI is going to die. Tell me why that's not going to happen.
1: The reason why that will not happen is because that is just a way for a company in the past want to want to try to keep the status quo, and we've seen we've seen how that has horribly gone wrong in the past years. Status quo will never change because change is constant and it's going to continue to evolve. And yes, they're suing it, suing them, which means that there's going to be changes. Sure. And there's going to have, you know, it's, it's like when you, when you get a red light, you get a ticket. Does that mean that you're going to stop driving altogether? No. No. You're going to adjust and you're going to continue moving forward. But so I think that's what we're seeing in the industry as well.
0: But OpenAI, being being open source, even if the company that is OpenAI went away, the the code, the concept, the process, it's out there now. You, I mean, we yes. can shut down a company, but you know, I mean, to look at this as negatively as possible, once cockroaches in your house, getting them gone is really they, they spread too quickly. Uh, if yeah. you had that view of AI, but it's here, it's here now. It's not mm-hmm. about getting rid of it; it's about dealing
1: with it. It's about it's about conforming it to be more morally upright citizen of of the uh, you know of the human race essentially okay so
0: let's talk a little bit about application i'm uh, i'm not me personally just saying theoretically i'm i'm a uh, i'm an executive c-suite level i've been working for 20 you know with the exception of google which we've already brought up which is where a- open ai kind of came from mm-hmm. with with the exception of that i i've been writing my own emails for years i've been googling for myself for years how you know how do I integrate AI without completely changing everything I'm working on? On a personal, we'll get to organizational in a second. But how do I start to use OpenAI right now for myself to to see what this is?
1: That's an excellent question. And because you've been writing a ton of emails, you've been writing a ton of blog posts. You've you, you've got an amazing book out as well. Thank um, you. What's, what's happening is, it's when you when you think about ourselves as human beings. We're taught to, hey, go read this book, this book to understand certain, um, concepts. Mm-hmm. Let's say time management concepts or, or financial model, or, you know, you're learning from others. You're learning from other sure. experts. They learn from other experts. Yes. And those experts learn from other, other experts altogether. So what chat GPT or these lar- large language model enable is to then learn from you. So you can say, Hey, here's all my personal Emails that I've written. This is the style that I write in. Can you okay. use this style and talk about this new topic or this already topic that I talk about? Okay. So now it's using your style to then write new content and new replies and emails.
0: And that makes sense for me. I get it, but but I mean like literally day one, I wake up on Monday morning, I'm a fifty-five-year-old CEO executive. I, I Google OpenAI or ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. How do I start? Where do I literally, what is step one for to, for using this? Because that's the barrier to entry. I think lots of, people, right. lots of people understand what large language models are. I think lots of people don't, and we can get into that, but mm-hmm. what is the first step? What is the, what's the entry point for someone learning about AI?
1: Well, the first step is to, you know, create an account on OpenAI. Okay. And then, think in the past, okay, when's the first time you hired a secretary? And how easy was it for you to give up control of all the things that you controlled? Fair point. Right? So it's a learning curve. So you have to say, okay, just ask simple questions of OpenAI. And so for for, a person, for somebody starting fresh and new, they've actually given us sample prompts. For example, hey, to look now they will like hey come up with concepts for a retro style arcade game that's a little thing that they'll say you know so there's four different prompts or uh, suggestions for you to then ask open AI, hey can you do this kind of thing and in the beginning it was a lot harder to understand what is going on but now they're kind of hinting you at what is possible just the other day just for fun Somebody mentioned about the socks, you know, why, why socks are always disappearing in your yeah. in, in your yeah. dryer. Maybe they're having a party somewhere. I was like, I think that was a joke by Mitch Hedberg. So I looked was him it? up and I couldn't find it, but I remember, you know, I read some of his jokes and I love his jokes, I mean, God bless his soul. So I was like, go to ChatGPT GPT and said, hey, ChatGPT, GPT, can you write some jokes related to animals based on Mitch Hedberg's joke style? and it gave me like four or five different options. I was just cracking up reading them because, again, what it's doing, it's learning from all the content that's out there based on Mitch Hedberg. And it's then t- learning from that style, and that's what we do, right? If you were to say, hey, write something, like back in the days when you look at uh, Shakespeare, he has a specific style of writing sound because of Old English or whatnot. So people spoke in that way because that was a norm. But now we talk in a very different style of right. speaking, and that's what it's able to mimic, essentially.
0: So I have two kind of follow-ups, and they might take you kind of out of your purview. And if, if if you don't know, of course, you know, go ahead. But so there's two concerns that that arise from what you said. First is garbage in, garbage out. There's a yes. lot of garbage on the internet, and if all ChatGPT and OpenAI is reading. If I walk into a rally of a particular side, I'm not going to try to get partisan here. If I walk into a particular and ask them, what's the biggest problem in America? If it's a blue group, I'm going to get one thing. If it's a red group, yeah. I'm going to get a different thing. It's, if I Absolutely. ask the Internet what the answer is, it's going to Frankenstein me an answer out of some very
1: smart and very stupid people. How yeah. do we rectify that? Well, that's where the humans come in, right? We need to continue to train the model. We need to continue to say, hey, this is wrong. This is right. Can you try again? And, again, teach it because chat GPT is – you can imagine it as a person growing up with access to all of this inter- information. But there so, are
0: grown-up adults that – I mean, if I asked two real grown-up adults, they disagree. How does chat GPT – I mean, we'll get adults telling them both sides are correct, both sides are wrong – are we
1: asking ChatGPT to form opinions for us, or give it? It's I don't know. A, good answer. That's a that's a really good question. I mean, I look at it. I mean, being a parent of four kids, sure, I'm I'm trying to make sure that they're morally straight. They're you know they're respecting others and whatnot. And it's a it's a hard work. It's not easy. Sure. Right. They're they're gonna form their own opinions. They're gonna do what they want to do, and then it's gonna take a few say, hey, please take the trash out, please take the trash out, right? So it's gonna take a few things, but they've already made up their mind if they wanna do it or not. So again, the question is how malleable is ChatGPT and what kind of boundaries and what kind of safeguards have the developers put into place for something like this?
0: Great partners make a difference in any industry, but ours are the best. So let's take a moment for the Milwaukee Minute. Milwaukee Tool is dedicated to providing a full range of trade-focused solutions that increase confidence and productivity on the job site. One example of that commitment is OneKey, our connectivity platform that puts job site management into your hands, allowing you to track what matters through the industry's largest Bluetooth tracking community. This purpose-built tracking hardware and software gives you the ability to customize, track, and manage your tool inventory, fundamentally changing the way you interact with your tools. Together the OneKey app and the IoT connected power tools deliver superior task specific power, precision, quality and repeatability to help you and your crew work smarter. The free app grows with your business addressing inventory pain points, increasing productivity and decreasing downtime. Learn more about the OneKey platform at OneKey.MilwaukeeTool.com. Okay, so second question. If all it's doing is scraping data, and is it, so one of the, the use cases that I've I've heard of and I've used in things is. I give it a bunch of things like, hey, summarize this for me or break mm-hmm. this down. Or one of the things, a use case that I've heard about in other things is you put, you know, you record your entire board meeting, you upload all of the transcription, and then you ask ChatGPT to make meeting notes of the transcription. It's really fast. It's an incredible efficiency. Yeah. But if you think that through, that implies or it requires me to upload sensitive, non-disclosable com- committee meeting and board meeting yeah. data into a thing that is script. Talk to me about the security of that. Is that safe?
1: Well, uh, based on what I read recently, they are saying that we're like their enterprise version. They said, we're going to keep, we're going to give you access to a enclosed or a sandboxed model, but they're saying that there's safeguards in place. That's going to make sure that the security of the data that you're, that you're providing is going to stay within your sandbox or, of, of your environment or your enterprise application. So breaking free a little bit of the, you know, the personal user, we have the emails,
0: we have the, you know, uh, ChatGPT, at least to my knowledge, wasn't around when I wrote my book. And so it was a long process. I'm happy to hear that you had some assistance uh, with, with yours. Mine was a arduous, arduous task. But mm-hmm. so, you know, we have all this, you know, helps write this, helps write that. And I can see the application there. Let's start talking more enterprise level for your business. What are, what are applications that a, a large company can start using AI to do? Uh,
1: some of the things is, um, you can use it for, uh, code checking for, if, especially if you're a web developer and you've written a ton of code and, you know, there's something breaking. You can actually take that code and say, Hey, can you analyze that code and see why it's breaking? And this is the kind of errors that I'm getting. Now, because it has access to, uh, other uh, applications, for mm-hmm. example, there was a—I'm forgetting the name—but there's a place where all web developers hang out to talk code. Sure. So it's able to help you f- improve that code and meet specific standards. For example, hey, make sure this is that this is uh, W3C standard. That it meets the there's a the ADA compliant, right? Make sure this code is ADA compliant and whatnot. So it's able to do that because it has an understanding. You can use it for, you know, be a tech advisor because the IT team and the IT, you know, you basically what we're doing is we're just, we only have so much capacity to remember to how far back. Sure. You want know, to go right. So our brains are uh, constantly growing. And just to give you an example of, of, of the power of our brain, you know, uh, they did a, they did a uh, CT scan of brains of two drivers from. Two taxi drivers from London, one that had just start, you know, was one year old, or one had been driving for one year, and one that had been driving for ten years. Mm-hmm. And the the part of the brain that deals with navigation was much enlarged in the guy who had been doing it for ten years. Just because it was it was a repeatable muscle. It was the, because yeah. it's not repeatable. It's it's what's happening is every single day we have seventeen hundred new neurons born in our brains. Depending on what we're learning and what we're doing, that's the area that the cells are going to be consumed in. No, that makes sense. Right. Okay. So the reason I'm talking about the brain is because the LLM is essentially a brain that's continually learning, and it, it stores that information. LLM is large yes. language model, for those who didn't pick Correct. that
0: up. I just wanted to kind of connect the dots. No, thank you. Yeah.
1: So the the, it, and the, lar- the the reason why it's called a model and we as human beings, as, as English speaking human beings, we use the English language model for our comprehension and, sure. and vocabulary and whatnot. So that's why I say it's large language model, meaning that language is replaceable with C++, JavaScript, you know, financial, like you name it, like different languages can be. And so it's able to store all of that data and access it really quickly. So tying that back, so,
0: I mean, from a company, obviously you mentioned web developers and using codes, but, you know, and we mentioned Document Crunch earlier that's doing a Mm -hmm. variation of this with with uh, PLAs and and CBAs. Also, there are companies that are, I'm hearing, using this for, uh, like, reading of blueprints. You mentioned ADA compliance, making sure that the blueprints match codes. And is there anything... Right now, and I understand you said we need to train it and we need to keep you know raising it up. But what can't it do? What? Why? Why are why are humans safe from AI? What? What can't it do?
1: Because at the end of the day, we still need to use our brains, ours, right? Our brains to make sure that the information that I'm getting is accurate. So, for example, I will not use OpenAI to do legal stuff. Why? Because I'm not a legal person, right? So I am going to use it in the space that I am an expert in. Sure. If I give it code on web development, CSS, I can read that code and decipher if that makes sense, if it's correct or not. So I'm not going to use it in space that I'm not an expert in. Right. And that's where, that's where things are falling off is because people are thinking, oh, I can use it for, to do all of these things, but they're not an expert in any of those things and yeah. that's where it's
0: breaking and falling apart. Well, and just just like we'd said with the, you know, political or what's going on is that there might be differing opinions, so you need to right. we'll, we'll always need to go in and 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 spot check thing. So kind of my last question is, you know, we've we've kind of jumped around a little bit, but we have the personal level, the 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 emails and and things. We have the the big model from the things we've discussed. But what's the roadmap to growth? What's the how, you know, you start with using it for your your uh, your email and maybe your schedule. You start with how does someone who's uncomfortable with this even plot out a roadmap to integrating it on any kind of scale?
1: Well, the first thing that you want to do is be get comfortable comfortable with the technology that it is. The reason Microsoft, Google, Otter, Apple, Apple's not talking about it that that's using, but they are using machine learning and and. Uh, this type of models inside their applications, Uh, Photoshop, like literally all of these companies have jumped on board. Why? Because it is the evolution of what they've already been doing. It's an evolution of technology. So again, number one, you got to get comfortable with using it or having a conversation with it essentially. Sure. Because use it, uh, think of it as a person and that's why it's called chat GPT. Yeah. You're having a chat with this person. And I remember... Uh, almost 15 years ago when AOL Instant Messenger had some kind of bots and you, I was like, ooh, this is so fun. Let me have a conversation with this bot. And, you know, it's it really fun. So again, you got to be comfortable to having those chats with GPT so that you, because we chat on our phones. Like if I'm talking, I'm, I'm, we're talking, uh, on text messaging, uh, and, uh, you know, Facebook Messenger all the time, and it's the same, you're sending a response back, and then I'm writing something and asking questions. So it's the same kind of thing. You want to get comfortable with that. And once you do get comfortable, then you start seeing how it has access to millions of lines of of information and and vocabulary. So again, the first step is to get comfortable with it. Find somebody who is an expert in it, and that can can solve, or or, you know. Find those opportunities. Find an opportunity to to solve a problem. Again, uh, think of it, think of it like this, okay? You've got a bike. Sure. You learn how to ride it, but that's about it. But when you have a mission, oh, I, I gotta do 60 miles, then you're like, okay, how do I ride it at 60 miles? So like, get comfortable okay, and start what? pushing the boundaries. You exactly, you push the boundaries, you work at it. So again, it's it's a really cool toy to play with, unless you know what problem you're trying to solve, it's just going to stay as a toy. And then when you start seeing what problems it can solve and see what other people are doing, then it starts making more and more sense. For example, give me let me give you an example of how I use it on a project. So the project was for human health services. And there's like, hey, we need to build a dashboard so we can present it to the IT or the CIO of the HHS and show them, hey, this is what's possible inside here. So Like, so the only information that I had was hhs.gov, and these are the different departments that I need to work with. So I was like, okay, let's start a chat with ChatGPT. So I asked ChatGPT, do you know what health and, uh, which HHS is? Like, yes, this is the health and human health services organization for the government, and this is, these are all the things. Like, all right, it knows what it is. Then I said, okay, what are the different, you know, branches that work underneath it? And it knows those. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm, I'm matching the data that it's uh, coming back with with the data that's available on their website. Sure. And I'm like, okay, I'm looking to build a dashboard that's going to show information about the different departments and what would a CIO at HHS be interested in looking at? Like, well, you might want to look at the personnel. You might want to look at, like, these different things. Like, okay, cool. Can you give me the data points that they would be interested in. And it's coming back with the data points. You no. Know, so now what I'm doing is I'm massaging the information. And I'm kind of getting it to give me information that is going to make sense on the other side. And so now I'm able to now take this data, plug it into Excel, create some diagrams. And I even asked it, hey, what kind of charts should I be putting on this dashboard? So it's like, oh, try a bar chart for this one, try a line chart for this one, try a radar chart for this kind of data. So now I'm able to take all those data, plugging into Excel. Now, you have to know how to use Excel to be able to draw these charts. So then I'm drawing these charts, and then I'm taking it to the next level in my UX UI application. I'm plugging it all together and putting the entire page together. So that's how we use ChatGPT to build a UX UI uh, application. Sure. Now, if I were to use it, if I were to go on from a perspective where I didn't have access to this information, I would be using three different people because we're doing research. We're doing data uh, mining. We're doing, uh, you know, a graphic person. So again, it's able to give me data based on my expertise and my knowledge and, and what I wanted from it.
0: Yeah. So just in time resource, only, it's a lot more self, uh, self sustaining. No, That right. makes a lot of sense. Well, Janae, I really appreciate your time today. We try not to, uh, we try to make these kind of short so people, you Good. know, j- just the, the length of your commute, but you know, I think AI is coming whether we like it or not. I think that, you know, we yeah. can, we can do whatever we want, but I think that it's here and large language models are, are, are here. So, Absolutely. uh, you know, thank you so much. Is, you know, any, in, any conclusionary musings
1: from you? Thank you so much. I mean, this was a fun conversation I love to have. I mean, it, I'm a tech junkie f- through and through. And so learning about and getting to talk about these things is, is absolutely a lot of fun. I mean, my latest book, the reason I mentioned, uh, I didn't, there's a lot, not, not a lot of text, but there's a lot of pictures, pictures sure. and stuff. And I was able to use Dolly to, you know, create this. And then again, put a whole mix of, you know, my own expertise into creating this, uh, culmination of the book that. I was mentioning earlier. So again, it's not just text. It's a lot more deeper than that. Absolutely. What's the title of the book? It's called A to Zoo, an Alphabet Animal Symphony. It's a children's book. Amazing, amazing. Awesome, Sinead, always
0: a pleasure. And uh, hopefully we get to work with you again in the future. Thank Thank you, you. Kirk. You've just listened to the Construction User 2.0 podcast from the Association of Union Constructors. Don't forget to subscribe to get all future episodes of what is going on and what is current in the union construction and maintenance industry.